to everyone. Thank you for carving time out tonight. Thank you for being together. I feel your joy <laughs> coming in tonight. And I know it's a choice for some, and it's natural for others. And I was just, I was thinking over the last couple of days, think about somebody that you really love. And get that person's face front and center. And then think about how you love to spend time with that person. You know, sometimes around the holidays, you find yourself spending a lot of time with a lot of people. But there's sometimes people that you truly savor the time together, you know. And that's because we love to be with the people that we love. And that's exactly what tonight is about. God saw to it that there would be a way for us to be with him because he loves us that much. He loves us enough to have made a way, not found a way, but made a way for us to be with him. And so if you can take a little bit of peace out of knowing tonight that you're in the presence of someone who really loves you and really wants to be with you, I pray that you will take a journey with me to want to be with him in return, right? Because really when you ask God, like, what can I give you? It's pretty limited to think about what I can give to God, but I can give him my love. So tonight for just the next little while, my prayer is that you will join me in focusing my heart on loving him back. So if you would stand with me, Let's just say a quick prayer together. God, I'm so thankful that you loved us to the point of finding a way to be with us. And I pray tonight, God, that more than just celebrating a holiday and more than just celebrating being together, God, I pray that you would help us to know what it's like to really be in the presence of true love and to love you back. Just as a thank you tonight, God, we lift our hallelujah, we lift our voice as a gift to you, God. I feel very inadequate tonight as to what I could possibly give to you in the middle of the world that we live in, Father, that could matter. But I thank you for treasuring me and thank you for treasuring every person in this room. We get to give you our adoration tonight. And Father, I pray that you would teach us what that looks like over the course of tonight. And I pray, Father, that this sound, that this heartbeat of people raises to you tonight would be so very pleasing to your ear. And we do love you, God. We do adore you. We come, Father, tonight, weary but faithful, God. We come, all you faithful come to you tonight, and we devote ourselves to you. In your name, Father, we ask for your strength and your presence and anointing in this place tonight. In your name, amen.
worthy today. Father, despite everything else that's going on in our world, in our, our lives, every circumstance, situation that draws our attention away from you today, tonight, we cry out from the bottom of our heart, Daddy, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy of our glory, our honor, our power, our praise. You're worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our song. You're worthy of our heart. You're worthy of our love. You're worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy, worthy, worthy. A million angels, Daddy, fall face down on the floor. All to say one thing, worthy, worthy is the Lord. Jesus, tonight we just come. We come to worship you. We come to know you. We come to tell you we love you. To celebrate on this night the great gift you gave us, which is your love, now and forevermore. So we give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Together in faith we say amen and amen. Come on, can we give God glory? Just one moment of shout of glory. Woo! Lord God, we love you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. Well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve. Eve. I can't believe it. I'm so glad we're here tonight. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for braving all the obstacles you had to brave to get here tonight. Thank you for being willing to take time just to stop and slow down for a few moments. And remember what this season really is all about. It's so easy, I know in my world, when I drive by sign after sign that says, Jesus is the reason for the season, Jesus is the reason for the season, Jesus is the reason for the season, and it becomes almost that static white noise. And yet these are the moments that we have to stop and remember that that statement couldn't be more true. I love the tinsel, I love the trees, I love to decorate my house, come on. I'm like Clark W. Griswold, man. I love, like, Christmas, back, Christmas vacation. I'm in. Love all that. But it's not about any of that. It's about one thing. For God so loved you that the King of glory stepped out of glory and stepped into human flesh. Not to punish us. Not to judge us but so that all the judgment that was due us could rest on him so that we could get to know him now and forevermore. Truly, my friends, truly, Christmas, he is the reason for this season. I hope tonight that in the midst of your day, in the midst of your night, you can just take some time Maybe take the next few minutes and just let everything else go and give him the glory he deserves. Jesus, we give you all the glory. It's not about a Christmas spectacular tonight. It's 
about the one who is the most spectacular Christmas message ever. It's all about you. We give you the glory, Jesus. Well, look, if this is your first time here at Connect, we want to welcome you. We want to say thank you for coming and being our guest tonight. It's great to have you here. Thank you for being a part of this with us tonight. We know there's family here. There's family uh, that's traveling to other family. There's family online right now uh, who was uh, checking in from all over. And we just want to say that we love you and thank you for checking in as well. Be safe out there. Enjoy your time with family. But no matter where you are, God is with you. And the same Jesus that's in this room tonight is right there with you. And we're believing that he's going to manifest his love. Whether you're in a hospital room right now, as so many are in our state. Whether you're in a hospital room, as so many are in our state. Whether you're in a living room. Whether you're in a hotel room traveling to go see family. We're believing God's going to manifest himself right there. As he already is right here. Do you believe that with us? Do you believe that God's outside of time and space, that the same God that's in this room is the same God that's in that room? That the miracles that are possible here are possible there? That my God still does miracles. He's still the miracle-making God. He didn't stop doing miracles 2,000 years ago. He is, he was and is and is to come, the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. Well, look, we are family here, so just take a few moments before you're seated. Turn to somebody, just say hi, give them an air high five, an elbow bump, an air fist pump, whatever you feel comfortable with. Keeping that distance. Tonight's one of my favorite services of the year, and historically, uh, we ha we've done Christmas Eve Eve service, not kind of to be cool, but um, because when we started out, we started out in high school, and uh, the janitor, um, the, 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 the janitors were union, and they wouldn't let the janitors work on Christmas Eve, so we said, well, we'll do Christmas Eve Eve, and uh, I love it, so I'm really glad that you're here on Christmas Eve Eve, and it kind of gives you an extra day to breathe. I don't know about you, but it's, it's nice this time of year to take a moment to breathe. Helps us to focus a little bit. Tonight is one of my favorite services because we get to sing and we will worship at the end of this service to a song, Oh Holy Night. And there in your seats, you're going to find these candles that are there. And this year, unlike years in the past, they're battery operated. And the reason they're battery operated is because the last thing we want is for you to catch your mask on fire. Somebody say amen, right? That's... That is not an oh holy night, that would be an oh crap night. That's not, that's not good. Um, and so the battery operated tonight. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that on the way. But when, on the way out, you can, you can exchange them for this candle. We have a gift for you tonight in this candle. We've been celebrating Advent here at Connect Church for the last few weeks. And it's just a reminder. Advent is the reminder of what is to come. That's actually what that word means, the, what is to come. And this candle is uh, the final candle, the Christmas candle. We're going to give it to you whether you have an Advent wreath or not and really encourage you on Christmas Day to take it, put it out in a safe place, and light it. And maybe if you have a family with you or friends, maybe you have children with you, just stop. Just for a few moments. 
after opening your presents, maybe before everybody comes, and just remember what this day is really about. We were in utter darkness, and the light of the world came for no other reason than because he loves you. So on the way out, you can exchange this little candle for this bigger candle and celebrate. We all as a church will celebrate that last Christmas Advent together. Well, are you guys ready for the word tonight? You know, it really is all about the word because Jesus is the living word. And so since you brought your Bible, uh, open with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, If you didn't bring your Bible, it's cool. It's going to be on the screen in a few moments. Um, And if you need a title for tonight's message, it's Let Us Adore Him. Uh, We sang that song just a few moments ago, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him. Let us adore him. It's an encouragement. It's an encouragement I believe God is maybe speaking to all of us tonight. Because if we're honest with ourselves, probably the last two years, 2020 and 2021, have not been some of the most exciting of all times. But tonight, we get to, ex- we get to celebrate the most exciting night of all time, which is the first Christmas. The day that God stepped out of eternity and actually stepped into our reality for the purpose of changing us. I mean, what we're talking about tonight, I know because we've heard it and so often, at least if you've come to church uh, throughout your life at certain points, you've probably heard this Christmas story where the virgin gave birth to a son and his name was Jesus. He was God made flesh. And he came not to judge us, but to take the judgment for us and to let us know that he loves us so much. And not only to love us, but to actually seal that love for so it's forever available, forever available, forever available. You may not be ready to receive the love tonight, but it will be available tomorrow. It'll be available next week. It'll be available until your dying breath. See, the love of God is available throughout all time and space. And he made it available by sealing it with his death on the cross. He came for one purpose, to close the gap that you and I couldn't close. Because for all eternity, humanity's been trying to close the gap that was started in a garden. What was started in a garden ended in another garden. What started from the fruit of one tree ended when the fruit of God hung on the tree for you and me. He came to close the gap forever between us. You and I have a lot to adore tonight. We have so many reasons in the midst of our COVID season, in the midst of our pandemic life, in the midst of everything that we could complain about, we've got even more reasons to adore him than ever before. Because my God has made a way where we're never alone. We could be isolated and insulated, but you're never alone. Why? Because the King of kings and Lord of lords, the master of creation, has made a way to be with you. That's why we can adore him tonight. And I love this text, and it's probably a familiar text probably to most of us or many of us. It's the story of a small group of foreigners. We call them the wise men. Men who weren't particularly holy. They didn't come from the right religious Department. They didn't have the correct lineage to be a part of what was going on, but it didn't matter to them. What they didn't have didn't matter. 
All they wanted was to have an encounter with the one true king. His name was Jesus. And when they finally found him, my friends, everything changed. Everything changed. And tonight, I want to let you know, that same availability is open to you. It doesn't matter what your background is. doesn't matter where you've come from. doesn't matter the dysfunction of the family that you lived in, are living in, have lived in, will live in. My friends, tonight, if you come and seek him like they did, if you just come and open up your life to adore him, everything can change. Oh, I'm not saying everything's going to get better as if Jesus is some magic pill. But what I am going to say is that for, for once in your life, the void that's in your heart will be filled. And life will start to have purpose and make sense. And in a world that doesn't make sense, having a sense of true north helps. And that true north is found in Jesus. I love this text. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, I'm going to stop there for a moment just because I'm a little bit of a geek. I, I, love, I love numbers. I love, the, I love statistics. I think they're really cool. Uh, I'm not an analytics guy, though, when it comes to football. I think that's a bunch of hoggy wash. That's a nice word for it. But let me just tell you, why is this really important? Because we can read through this really quickly. Oh, he's born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of Herod. But... Why is that important? Because it actually reveals how amazing God is. How you can trust him. Why you can trust what you're going to read. Because hundreds of years before this happened, a man by the name of Micah prophesied and said, God told me that in Bethlehem of Judea, and by the way, there was two Bethlehems at the time, so he said, let me tell you which one it is. It's this one right here. The Messiah is going to be born. Now, let me just say this. You can orchestrate some prophecies in your life. Kind of, you can orchestrate your life to some prophecies if you know what prophecies are. But it's kind of hard to orchestrate where you're being born. All right, that's kind of a tough one. Just this alone. Just, just think about this for a moment. Just this alone. Just the eight prophecies that have to do with Jesus' birth and as a child. Just eight of them. For one person to fulfill those eight prophecies, it's a 1 in 10 to the 17th power. That's 17 zeros after 10. We don't even have a name for that number. We can't even, we can't, we can't fathom that. To, to actually give you a visual of it, it's to take a silver dollar, fill the entire state of Texas up two feet deep with silver dollars. Mark an X on one of them, stir them all up, put a man in the middle of Texas with a blindfold on, and him picking out that silver dollar on the first try. That's only eight of the over 300 Jesus fulfilled. Woo! I don't know about you, but if someone was on Wall Street and said, you only have a one in 10 to the 17th power chance of failing if you invest in this venture, I'd be getting out my checkbook. In Bethlehem of Judea, he was going to be born. The Bible says, Behold, at that moment, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he was born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We've come to adore him. We've come to adore him. Do you remember? Can I just, let me take it back for a moment. Some of us have to go back for a moment. Some of us may not be there yet, but go back. Do you remember the first time you kissed somebody? 
It may not even have been your first, oh, somebody be like, I ain't kissed nobody, I'm good. <laughs> you remember the first time, you, it didn't even have to be your first kiss, but the first time you kissed somebody, and in your mind you're wondering, like, are they going to kiss me back? Because you start to get nervous, like you're like, you're all bold at first, you're like, lean in, you're like, I'm bold, and then you're like, oh no, like maybe I jumped the gun, maybe they don't like me, maybe my breath needs a mint, right, maybe, what, maybe, what, am, I, am I stupid, am I dumb, what, what, and do you, uh, do you realize how excited you are when they kiss you back? Yeah. I remember the first time I kissed Danielle, and, the fr- and, and, she, and, and she kissed me back. I was really excited. It was our wedding day, Jake. Don't, don't get it. I'm not going to talk about no icky stuff. It was our wedding day, of course. But how many of you know when someone kisses you back, that's a good day? There's something special in that moment. We love those moments. The reason we love those kind of moments is because they make us feel loved, valued, seen, approved, wanted. The problem is, the truth is, that those types of moments give us at least momentarily a feeling of being loved. But I think when we look at the wise men, we can see that no matter how successful we may be in the moment, no matter how significant our lives we may feel like we have, if we're honest with ourselves, the reason we want those moments more and more is because there is a void that's in our life. There's something missing down deep inside. It's, it's why we crave for those firsts. It's why we crave for those moments where we're seen, feel, loved, and valued in the moment. Because down deep inside, we're missing something. They understood what they were missing. They were missing a connection with the one true king. They were missing the thing that God had been shining in their brightest in their darkest nights an encounter with him what I know my friends is what we're missing leaves a void in our heart something that's longing to be filled and because our soul our ego our self our sinful nature doesn't like to surrender we 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 don't like to admit that we can't do it on our own we strive to fill those voids with so many different things time and time and time again just to try something new to see if maybe that will fill the void that down deep inside we know is there but can never fill we find something that we taste and it tastes good but it soon turns to ash And the truth is, my friends, that God has watched humanity throughout time strive to fill that void over and over and over again. To feel inside of us what only God can make us feel. Loved and seen and approved and unconditionally, totally and completely loved. And so, because we can't do it on our own, we strive and strive and strive and strive. That's what humanity has done from the very beginning of time itself. And God has watched us strive from the very first complete makeover, 
done by, Mary, uh, done by Eve. Do you remember Eve is saying, there's something broken inside of me. There's something missing. I'm not complete the way that I am. So let me change something about myself. And yet in that complete makeover, in her striving to fix herself, to make herself seem better, to fill the void of something that would make her feel more acceptable, she becomes more insecure and more lonely. The void gets bigger. Maybe it's not going to be filled in the complete makeover. Maybe it'll be filled by the house that we get or the building, getting the biggest building on the block. I don't know. How did that work out for Babel? In Babel, they built the biggest skyscraper the world had ever seen. They had the biggest house on the block. They had everything someone would want, but yet it was an utter failure. It couldn't fill the void. So maybe we start to put our hope in riches and acquisitions, like Solomon. Come on, Solomon had more money than he knew what to do with. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. How many of you know he was a busy man? He had all sorts of fame. And yet Solomon, in Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2, says, it's all vanity. I have everything that you could want, everything that the world tells you that's important, everything that the world, this world is telling you that if you finally achieved would fill the void, I've got it. And it's vanity after vanity after vanity. It's chasing the wind. There's still a void. Well, maybe it's not found in those things. Maybe if we can just make the greatest sacrifice, proving our worth and dedication to the cause, like Abraham sacrificing our own children for our dreams. Maybe that will fill the void, but God told him that wasn't even enough. And so he was still empty. Maybe it's going to the gym, getting so buffed and pumped up like Samson, the ultimate UFC fighter, right? Samson, the WWE champ. If I'm just bigger and buffed, better than anybody, man, if I've got the right body, I'm good. Really? How did that work out for him? In his emptiness, it led him to his Delilah. The void is still there. Maybe humanity thought if we put the right politician in place, then we'll be fulfilled. So humanity voted in Saul. They voted in Saul. They looked at him and said, this is a man who's charismatic. This is a man who's good looking. This is a man who will take us where we want to go. And that decision led to strife and division and civil war. And the void grew. Maybe if we can defeat our biggest foes, if we can knock out our obstacles in life, if we can show that we are mightier than the enemy, then the void will be filled. Maybe we'll be like David, who after beating Goliath, everybody will sing our praise. And yet even in the midst of defeating his biggest foe, what happened to David? In the emptiness of the void, he looked towards Bathsheba to fill it. And it brought ruin. Or maybe, just maybe, what's left? We try to fill it with being Religiously righteous, like the Pharisees, to prove to God that we're worthy, 
to prove to God, I'm going to live a life to prove to God that I'm good enough to deserve his love. But like the Pharisees, who Jesus called whitewashed tombs, pretty on the outside, but there's still a void on the inside, the void is still there. So God, throughout time, has been watching you and I strive and strive and strive and strive and strive. And maybe, maybe, maybe you haven't done all of them. Maybe you've only done a few of them, but all of us have tried to do it somehow. And finally, finally, the Bible says, in the fullness of time, God said, enough! I've had enough of you striving to fill the void that you can never fulfill yourself. So God makes the first move. And God extends himself to kiss us. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is God's kiss to you and I. It is him taking the risk. Him letting you know. Him leaning in towards you. He's not waiting for you to close the gap to him. My God loves you so much, he leaned in to you. And what an amazing kiss it is. What an amazing God it is. John, talking about this moment, John says that this kiss, this Christmas kiss, this Christmas kiss was God before time began. He was God and was with God, and the word came from God. And he dwelled among us. Why? So that we could see the glory of our God. That's what Christmas is. The ability to see the glory of God. He said, I want to help you by bringing my glory to you. Paul says in Colossians 1, verse 16, he said, oh, I want to let you know, this is what Christmas really is. The one that we're talking about, man, before creation existed, he made creation. Creation was made for him, and creation is meant to glorify him. This is the one that God, God did not give us Joe heaven, just Joe somebody off the bench in heaven. God looked to his right hand and saw the king of glory and said the bear I'm not going to give them just somebody I'm not just going to send an angel a thought a word a decree a moment a prophet I'm going to send my son I'm going to look at the right hand and see the glory of heaven itself and say I know you made I know you made creation I know creation is made for you I know it's meant to glorify you but I want you to step into it because 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 creation doesn't know you yet. The void gets filled. Not by you, but by him. Isaiah, the great prophet, talking about this man, this Christmas kiss, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's the kind of moment of love that God is sending to you and I. He is all of these things, my friends. But he didn't just come to tell us he loved us, but to seal that love forever by being willing to die for us on the cross. Here's the truth. The Christmas message should tell us this one thing. It is clear that God loves us. It is clear that God loves us. 
And not because we strove to deserve it, because in all of our striving, we missed it. The void that he wants to fill can only be filled by him. Come on, the, the, the nativity is, home, uh, is Hallmark Movie Channel's greatest story ever told. Right? Danielle loves uh, the Hallmark Christmas movie. She starts to like plan her calendar in like July when they come on out. It's like Hallmark Christmas movie, right? And I, she's like, I just want you to know, Hallmark movies are starting now. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I know. And like, there's no room on our DVR for anything else. You go to the DVR, 936 Christmas movies. But the greatest Christmas movie, like, the Nativity is the greatest Hallmark movie. Because in every Hallmark movie, it's the same. The girl doesn't know. She has everything, but she's still unhappy. And she doesn't know that what she's looking for has been in front of her the whole time. And she doesn't know it until Christmas. Drop the mic, I'm done. Thank you. Good night. Come on. The Nativity is the greatest Hallmark movie ever. We were the woman, didn't know what we had. Wandering around because we're void, there's a void inside of us. We're trying to fill a career or, or, or this person or that thing. We didn't even know. The answer was right here all along, and we didn't know it until Christmas showed up. See, we see God's intention clearly in the parable of the lost child, or what we call the parable of the prodigal son. In Luke 15, do you remember the boy goes off to do what he wants to do, to find happiness in ways he wants to find happiness for himself? It doesn't work. The void doesn't get filled. So he realizes that his daddy loves him, so he starts home. Verse 20 says this, the father sees him from a long way off. Bro, you don't even have to get close. My God will close the gap to you. That is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is not humanity got close to God. Humanity was still far off from God, and he said, I've had enough. I'm closing the gap. And the Bible says he ran to him and kissed him. He ran to him and kissed him. Christmas is God's kiss to you. Now, I know all of us know what this is. All the ladies said, amen. <laughs> Somebody's like, are you going to give that out after service? I'll stay. I'll stay. How much I got to put in the offering? I'll stay. Hallelujah. We all know what this is. This, this is a Hershey's kiss. I know what it is. You don't have to tell me what it is. I know it when I see it. But after I see it, now I have to decide what am I going to do with it. Now I have to decide whether I'm just going to carry it around with me and tell people I've got it. I just want to let you know I've got a Hershey's kiss. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I, I, have, a, I, have, a, I have a Hershey's kiss. You, you don't have one. I've got one. I, I, I just know I'm, I'm good because I know if I ever need it, I, I can rely. I've got my kiss. Or I choose to partake. Or I choose to partake. This is the choice you and I have tonight. I cannot miss the fact that Christmas is his kiss. It's clear and evident. I can carry Jesus around with me, tell people I've got him, make them know they don't, make sure he's there when I need him to get a little chocolate fix. 
when I need some caffeine, or I can do what this is meant to do and partake. When I think about love, very often I think about that 80s song by heart. What about love? Don't you want someone to care about? Thank you, Margo. <laughs> I did, I did, I, 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 sang, I sang DJ Easy Rock and Rob Bass last week and like three quarters of the church responded. I do heart, I got one person in the corner. What about love? Don't you want someone to care about you? Man, isn't that how we think about love? Christmas tells us that God loves us. We do have someone to care about us. But maybe the deeper question about love isn't whether or not we have someone who cares about us because we do. But do we have someone who will care about him? This is the real wrestling point of Christianity. This is where we in modern world are getting it so wrong. The modern world has shaped us and formed us and reinforced inside of us that love is all about us. How we feel, what we get from it, how we walk away with it, are we good with it, has it blessed us, do we feel right around it? And God does love us. But the deeper question we have to ask ourselves is this. Are we loving him back? What about love? Do I find someone who can care about him? Is love really, is Christmas God's invitation to actually love him back? To adore him, to show him that he is valued and desired by us, not for what he can do for us, but simply for who he is to us. Simply just to stop in our world and say, oh my gosh, God, I know there's a thousand things I can ask you for and a thousand things I need, but I want you to know I just love you for you. You don't have to heal me, touch me, forgive me, give me a breakthrough, give me the new job, give me the new partner. You don't have to get me the new car. I don't have to have the right house. You don't have to give me the best present. God, I don't have to have any of that. I just want you to know I am 100% in love with you. You kissed me. I'm leaning back in. In the spirit today, in modern Christianity, are we so, are we so inundated with love being about us? That we have forgotten that love, God first loved us so that we can love him back. The wise men show us what this looks like. They come to worship him. That word worship in the original language, the root of it actually means to kiss. I don't mean that in a weird way. I don't want to get weird with this thought process, but I just want to push this a little bit. Because if I say worship, you're like, cool, put on some Hillsong, put on some Bethel, get Chris back up here on the keys, we'll darken the lights, let's rock it out, I'm good, I'll worship. But when I say, oh no, what he's talking about is you being intimate with him. You surrendering. You leaning back in. You making him feel loved. You making him feel seen. You making him feel valued. To set our lives 
so that we love God with everything. Isn't that what Jesus tells us in Matthew 22? The reason he came was so that we get to love God with everything we've got. So that we could do what we couldn't do, follow the first commandment, to love and worship God alone. They took the opportunity, my friends, to adore him. To adore him. To adore him. The real question I want to ask tonight is, how can we, tonight, how can we choose to make him feel loved back? How can we choose to live in our 2022, not just knowing that he kissed me? Not just knowing that I have salvation in my hand, not just knowing that I'm forgiven, not just knowing that I'm loved, seen, and valued, but maybe actually leaning back in and making him feel the same way. The wise men adored him. How can we let him know that he really is the hero in our Hallmark movie? The wise men adored him. They transferred things of worth to him. His life was blessed because they came. That's what adoration looks like. God didn't need gold. His streets are filled with them. He didn't need frankincense. There are censers in heaven that are filled with them. He didn't need myrrh. He created it. But what they gave blessed Jesus. What they gave blessed Jesus' family. What they gave revealed how they cared about him. They prioritized him. And the truth is, my friends, adoration is found in our prioritization. How do we prioritize blessing him back? To love what he loves. And to love who he loves. To sow time to know him and to make him known. To seek him and to seek his kingdom as a priority above all things. These are ways, my friends, that we lean in and adore him back. I love what the writer of Hebrews says, and we're going to close in just a second. But I love what he talks about in this concept. In verse 28, he says, since we are receiving our rights, this amazing blessing to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart. Can we be honest with ourselves? How often do we think about delighting his heart? I love that the wise men came just to adore him. I love that the wise men didn't roll up and ask anything of Jesus. They didn't ask anything of Mary and Joseph. They didn't say, excuse me, I just want to let you know how far I came. I think you should be really glad that I'm here. I mean, do you know who I am? I rolled up. They had one focus. How do I kiss him back? How do I adore him? How do I make him feel blessed by the life that I brought him? Christmas tells us. It reminds us 
it is a clear statement that God loves you. There's no question about that. The question tonight, the question that will change your life, the question that will deepen your walk with God if you already have one, is in 2022, how do I actually, in reality, bring my life to him? And make my light a delight. And love him back. And when I do, do you know what happened to those men? When they did that, do you know what happened? They had a story to tell that was beyond imagination. Can you imagine going back and telling that story? They walked back and they said, uh, yep. All y'all who didn't go, I want to let you know you missed out. It was a party. There were angels singing, shepherds running. There's some sheep on a hill somewhere. It was crazy. We had dreams. Nuts. It was amazing. But maybe the greatest blessing wasn't the story that they got to tell. Maybe the greatest thing that they gave on that day was that they gave their father a story to tell about them. How do I know? Because we're talking about it 2,000 years later. I'm the father of a writer. One of my greatest joys in life is getting to post what he writes. Not just because he's my son, but because what he writes is beautiful. And it is a beautiful story of his life and of God and of how God moves in this world. The greatest joy, one of the greatest joys of my life is not just being his dad. One of the greatest joys of my life is getting the ability to tell his story. What a year we could have. What a life we could have. If tonight we chose not just to know he loved us, not just to be able to go tell the story that God loves us, although that's important, but to love him back in such a way that he gets to tell the story. And our lives will be forever changed. Maybe the greatest gift of Christmas is not simply that God loves us, Maybe the greatest opportunity in Christmas is found in you and I responding to the invitation to being able to love him back. Oh, come, let us adore him. Can we pray? Oh, come, let us adore. I've preached so many Christmas messages 
about how God and Christmas can change our life and give us, prosper us, do so many things for us. But tonight, I hope that we leave with this thought, not just that God loves us, but we get to love him back because he loves us. And maybe, maybe you're like the wise men. You're from the wrong side of the world. You don't have all the things in right order and people wouldn't have picked you to be the person or the people that would have been at the, the birth of the king. But if you come, everything will change. Maybe you find yourself like the prodigal son who's been out on his own trying to fill the void in his life in every single way possible. But you know, down deep inside, in the quietness of the night when your head hits the pillow, the void is still there. The answer from Eve to Samson, to Abraham, to David, to the Pharisees, to you and I, is still the same. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The greatest way that we can adore him. The beginning of all adoration comes with our surrender of our life to him. Tonight, we've settled the question of whether God has loved you or not. He couldn't stay away. He had to come. He had to lean in. He did everything and took the risk to let you know how he felt. And that you were valued and seen and loved by him. And the only question we're left with tonight is whether or not we will respond to that love. The Bible simply says this, that none of us are good enough to get to heaven on our own no matter how good we try. For the wages of all of our sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that if we'll simply confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that he died for us and rose again today, tonight, on this Christmas Eve Eve, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of crazy years that we've, set, that we've went through in 2020 and 2021. On this night, December 23rd, 2021, if we will confess him as Lord, tonight, my God, will come and change our lives right here. That void will automatically be filled. The gap will be closed. We'll be forgiven, set free, and able to have a relationship freely with God. To lean in and kiss Him back. Tonight, I'm going to offer that to you because that's what He offered on that first Christmas. We're going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you, all of you, to pray with me. But if you're feeling down deep in your heart, maybe that, uh, that, 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 that stirring, that, that little pull, 
Man, that, that, that's not indigestion. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's God wooing you. And he's been wooing you. He's been wooing you to come and to receive his love into your heart. And tonight, if you'll just simply pray this prayer and, uh, and give your life to Jesus tonight, tonight he'll come. And whether this is your first time or whether you are a prodigal child who's away from God, come home tonight. Just turn around and come home. Pray this prayer with me, will you? Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to give you my life. All that I am, all that I have, all that I ever will be, I give to you now. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. Fill the void in my life. Fill it with your presence. Fill it with your spirit. Let me live this day and my life moving forward for your glory. To love you back with everything I've got. Thank you, Jesus, for making the way. I am changed. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. And nothing can change that now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can you give God some glory for people who made that decision tonight? Hallelujah. Woo. That is the truth. And the truth has set you free. My friends, if you prayed that for the first time tonight or this is the time you're coming back to Jesus, we couldn't be more excited for you. The Bible says all of heaven just parted because you made that choice. You know, we said about loving God back. Man, right now, he feels loved by you. What a great start. We want to help you in that walk. Pastor Rick right over here. Pastor Rick, can you give him a wave? Pastor Rick has a book he'd love to give you. It's just going to help you walk this journey out. After service, before you go home, just take a few moments. Go see Pastor Rick, Pastor Kathy. They'll just give you a book. I'm going to pray with you for a moment, let you know that you can't, nor do you have to do this thing alone. We're doing this thing together. From Danielle and I, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for being willing to say yes to Jesus. I know this. If he can love a broken mess like me, he can love anybody. If he can use me, he can use you. And if I can love him as broken and as insecure and as egotistical and as prideful and as messed up in my life as I can, if I can love him, I know this, you can love him too. It doesn't take a special calling or a special person. It just takes a choice. 2020, are you with me? 2022, are you with me? 2022, we're going to love him back. 2022, we're going to start letting him tell stories about his sons and his daughters. 2022, he's going to be like, yo, Michael, come over here. Gabriel, get your, come here, come here, come here, come here. Did you, did you see my boy? Did you see, did you see my girl? Did you see her? Did you see her? Did you see her? Did you see him? What a life we could live. 
not to get him to love us more, but so that he knows he is loved by us more. What a God we serve. I'll tell you what, that's what Connect Church is about in this next year. We want to invite you to be a part of that. If you don't have a church home, we're serious about helping you live this thing out. Figure it out with God, but to live it out for real. Come make this your home. I'm going to ask Pastor Irene to come. and Just before we close service in just a moment, it's going to encourage you to continue to worship today with your giving. Can you guys give Pastor Irene just a hand? She's just awesome. I love her so much. An amazing woman of God. Pastor Iran and Irene have been here since day one. Faithful, faithful friends. Faithful friends. I'm here to tell you, if you can find some faithful friends to do life with you, man, you are richer than Solomon. If you can find faithful friends who will stand by you, pray for you, fight in the spirit for you, help you up when you've fallen down, not judge you, but love you, come on, love you enough to tell you when you messed up, come on, somebody. If you got friends like that, you are richer than Solomon. That's what you find in the house of God. You don't find that at the bar, the club, the gym, you find it in the house of God. Uh-huh. Go on, Pastor Arden. I'm done preaching. <laughs> Let's give Pastor Kyle and Daniel a hand. They are amazing. What an amazing message. We love our senior pastor so much, and we're so grateful for the home that you've created for us here. We're so thankful. So, church, it's my honor to encourage us in our giving today. And I just want to first ask, who is, is finished? You're going to annoy me. Who's finished with your Christmas shopping? Let me see a show of hands. Oh, let's see how many. And, and who here absolutely knows 100% that present that you got is exactly what that person needs? How many of you know without a doubt? Oh, a little less hands. A little less hands. Let me tell you real quick this story. In the, in the mid-'90s, this movie came out called Jingle All the Way. If you can put that up on the screen. Remember that movie? And this guy was not a good shopper. This was Arnold Schwarzenegger played a man named Howard, right? Busy dad, he waits till Christmas Eve to get the present for his son. He wanted this Turbo Man action figure. Remember remember that? Today we have Iron Man, right? This was Turbo Man back then. That's the best they could do, right? So he's running around on Christmas Eve, frantic. He cannot find this gift, right? Fast forward, they have a winter parade and the featured person is Turbo Man, right? And they grab Arnold, they put the outfit on him, and his son is like, oh, my God, my dad is Turbo Man. Do you remember that? I won't give away the, the ending. You'll have to see it. It's a really cute movie. But, you know, Christmas is like that. Today we celebrate that, you know, God didn't just give us the best gift. He became that best gift for us, right? Isaiah 9, 6, Pastor Carl said that wonderful verse. He's our wonderful counselor everlasting father mighty god prince of peace and he knew life would be hard and so that's why he gave you that right i know i need that right in this in this time and day we need good counsel don't we we need strength from a mighty god we need a father who's never going to leave us or forsake us we need that peace that passes all understanding that peace of christ right that's what we need and that's what god so graciously gave us so church today we give out of a heart of gratitude Because our God not only gave us the best, he became the best. He became that gift for you and I. So on the screen behind me, you'll see the different ways that you can give. And let's bow our heads now and let's pray. 
So, Father in heaven, we just come so humbly before you, God. And as Pastor Kyle said tonight, you gave us the very best that we could ever have. You became the best. You became that sacrifice for us. You became our Savior, the light of the world, the good shepherd. We could go on and on, God, how great you are. And so we just humbly just give you. We give you our adoration tonight. We give you our worship tonight. We give you of our time tonight, and now we give you of our offering. We ask that you would humbly receive this. And we're just so grateful for this house. We're grateful for all that's yet to be. We're grateful for how you're leading us from glory to glory because you are a mighty God. You are a great God. And we're going to stand and we're going to praise you soon, God. And we're just so grateful for all that you're doing this Christmas. And all God's people said, amen. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Come on. So good. I'm already fired up. Pastor Irene got me fired up. Let's go. Hey, look, church, we're going to end with one of my favorite things that we do all year long. We're going to sing All Holy Night. Because despite everything in this world, the world changed on that night. Creation itself changed. This was not just an amazing night, an incredible night, a miraculous night. This is one of the most holy nights to have ever existed. The one when the Holy One stepped out of eternity and into time and space to be with you and I. Just going to ask you to stand with us. and In just a moment, all the lights are going to go out. And the team's going to begin to sing, O Holy Night. Margo, with her incredible voice, is going to lead tonight. And but her voice isn't here to drown you out. Her voice is here to invite you in, to be a part of one voice, one sound, a sound rising up from this room up into heaven. As tonight we end 2021 and plant a seed for 2022, and say, God, tonight we're ending 2021 saying you're holy. And we are planting a seed for 2022 saying you're holy. Lord God, tonight we're ending saying we love you. We are planting a seed to say we're going to love you. Tonight we're saying that you are faithful. We're going to plant a seed because we know in 2022 you're going to continue to be faithful. Tonight we're lifting up a light to end this year so that we can start in not in the darkness but in your light. Holy. Holy, 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 oh holy night.
Father, may your grace, your peace, may your light guide us, your spirit fill us, your compassion for others pour forth from us. May justice roll like a river from us. May hope be seated deep inside our heart. Faith become a shield unmovable and unquenchable, Lord God. May we love you with everything we've got. May you receive the glory. May you receive the praise. May you receive all the honor now and forever and forever and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. Merry Christmas. Have a phenomenal end of 2021. And let's love Jesus in 2022. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Don't forget to exchange your candles for candles on the way out. <laughs>